Hey, real quick, a quick word of thanks to today's sponsor, Vertex Innovations, before we get started. For over 17 years, Vertex has been building the nation's wireless and broadband networks. Providing project management, network engineering, and construction oversight are just some of the ways Vertex helps their clients. So if you're looking for more of a partner to help you with your wireless network designs, construction, implementation, or operations, reach out to Vertex. You can find them at vertex-us.com. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-U-S.com. Welcome to the 5G Guys Podcast, the premier resource for industry insiders and newcomers alike to explore anything and everything wireless telecommunication. We discuss, explain, and explore all things wireless technology. So let's dive right in. Welcome your host, Dan McVaugh and Wayne Smith. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the 5G Guys. I'm Wayne Smith and joined by my co-host, Dan McVaugh. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Great to have you back. Uh, we're excited today to have Fred Teichman with GoGo Wireless as our guest. Fred is a senior network deployment engineer who has over 35 years of experience in the telecom industry uh, and installing uh, wireless networks all around the country. Uh, he started in the early days of microwave uh, for long-distance telephone. He's worked in public safety critical backhaul systems and worked on multiple technology generations uh, for cellular, including 5G. Fred was an active tower climber for nine years and grew to senior levels of management with a full responsibility for profit and loss for many general contractors. Uh, he's been a hands-on builder, modifier, and demolished almost every kind of tower you can think of. So lot of experience on the, the building of, uh, of cell sites and towers. During expansion years, uh, he's been part of 10 acquisitions, and he's had the opportunity to work directly for uh, numerous construction service, product manufacturers, and tower owners. Fred is an active uh, drone pilot with an FAA Part 107 license. Uh, he's a certified rescue climber and also holds an OSHA 30 certification, which basically means he knows what he's doing when it comes to safety around the tower. So for the last uh, three years, he's worked with uh, an EU company here established uh, in the U.S. Today, he's focused on working with uh, GoGo Wireless, uh, deploying their 5G network uh, for business aviation nationwide. So, Fred, we're, we're excited to have you and looking forward to learning more about how cellular works in the skies. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Wayne. Nice to meet you both. So, uh, so Wayne, um, I know we've talked a lot about other parts of wireless technology leading up to today's episode, uh, whether it be satellite, cellular, Wi-Fi, you know, cellular in the air is something that we've wanted to talk about. What, what are, uh, what are some things that you're thinking about when you want to tee things up with Fred? Yeah. So it's an interesting subject. It really got everyone's attention with the 5G rollout this year and airport exclusion zones that came up from it from the FCC. But yeah, I think, Fred, how does it work? We're all on the plane, you know, and we're as soon as the plane takes off, we're waiting to connect to Wi-Fi so that we can continue on our digital lives while we're flying across the country. So I think one of the first things is, you know, just basically kind of give us an idea on how the technology works. How do they get the signal and how does it maintain and hand off through the sky on your trips? Yeah, of course. Well, there's, there's two basic approaches. One is a satellite and the other is an ATG, air-to-ground network. Um, my responsibility is heavily focused on the air-to-ground network. So in, in which case, it's really, it's broadband internet service, but it acts just like cellular. So the towers are strategically located. They communicate and talk and hand off to each other. We call them neighboring towers. 
but it really works just like cellular. So it depends on the type of customer and whether they're utilizing satellite or whether they're using utilizing the ATG air to ground network. Got it. So so in our our cellular one one hundred one episode that we did last season, we we explained the concept. And for those listeners that may not have checked that out, go check that episode out. But basically, the term cellular is because the towers are are forming cells like a cell of a body, right? That are connected. And as you move, you kind of move from one cell to the next. And so it sounds like the air to ground network that, that GoGo uses is very similar. It's exactly the same. Yeah. So the network consists of about 256 towers across the United States, the continental North United States. And just like the flight patterns, whether it be a commercial or business aviation flight patterns, the airplanes will connect, utilize it, usually connecting at uh, horizon level, so 3,000, and will stay connected all the way up to 40,000. So in the commercial flights, when they restrict you from utilizing it until they're over 10,000 feet, it just relies a lot more on the satellite net- network. But on the air-to-ground network, we're able to connect a lot sooner. With the newer technologies that we're rolling out, we have the ability to launch the same technology course, in the 5G world, but with 150 towers for the initial launch. So we're, again, covering 3,000 to 40,000 feet with only 150 towers across all of the United States. Yeah. Most airlines have flight plans, and the flight plans, are are they pretty standard? So that's how you can build towers, and does does that match the airline's flight plans? Very much so. Yeah. So the initial network, as it rolled out, and we'll go into some of the history of kind of how it's evolved. But the initial um, network for commercial aviation and the air-to-ground network started right around 2008. And that was exactly what they did is they followed all of the commercial flight plans. As GoGo has evolved, uh, our focus is more towards business aviation. And as uh, you know, we've gone through the pandemic and as technology has evolved, there's so many more people going to the sky that business aviation business is extremely booming over the years. And it allows us now our network has to cover wherever they want to go. And so our 5G rollout doesn't necessarily mirror exactly where our legacy or original networks were that tailored toward the commercial industry. Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah. I want to touch on that a little bit uh, as we continue talking, but, but from a history standpoint, you started to touch on that. Maybe give us a little bit of background of where, where you guys came from first historically and what the technology was like uh, leading up to where you're at today with your 5G rollout. Sure. So what I've been able to learn through the interaction of our RF and our design development, all that, um, it literally started almost 30 years ago. And the concept. And then we were one of the few and the first one uh, to be able to be issued licensing uh, in the 800 megahertz spectrum to be able to build the air to ground network. So it's a combination of both satellite and air to ground, but our business focus is air to ground. So as over the years, uh, 1997, we were uh, authorized first generation. So just like cellular, where, you know, it was the very first technology. Um, then 2G, then 3G, and now we're in the days, stages of being able to roll out 5G. Got it. Got it. So when you're on a plane and you're using the GoGo network, is your cell phone using its cellular service or are you using Wi-Fi and the cellular service is basically providing broadband to the plane? Yeah, great question. It's actually the connectivity of that plane. So we 
one of the things that GoGo does, the, their unique business approaches is they own the frequencies, they own the technology that uh, creates that Wi-Fi environment inside the plane. And then they have, um, it's called Advanced 3 and Advanced 5, which are the different levels that are in preparation of how many units, uh, the connectivity. So it creates a perfect Wi-Fi environment in that plane so that you're able to utilize all of your own personal devices. So, but that's evolved over the years. So when it first started off, it's just like cellular, it was, you know, push to talk, be able to communicate, be able to text. And then once it started turning into more of a, a Wi-Fi environment, as it's advanced, then we were able to be able to support all of the entertainment, streaming video, and you name it. Wow. That's pretty, it's pretty amazing. You know, I just took a flight back from LA yesterday. And first thing I did was get on there and check my email. I mean, so, and I used GoGo's network. Uh, I was on a Delta flight and connected right up, provided the service that I needed. I was able to work the whole way, which makes it really convenient. One of the things like, um, as we've always been told, since it's using Wi-Fi and not cellular, is that the main difference? How can you can use it on an airplane? Because, you know, we're we're still doing, hey, make sure your, your plane's in airplane mode. You know, excuse me, make sure your cell phone's in airplane mode when you get on a plane, right? And, but both of them are frequencies. How come Wi-Fi versus cellular, you're allowed to use it? Do you know that? Uh, to the level of, to the level of detail, no. Understanding the different frequencies, yes. Uh, we're in a different frequency band. So what we do allow is the ability to create that environment. So when it comes to interference with the aircraft itself, part of our technology allows us to filter. We're one of the few, even though we're an internet provider, we're kind of viewed as a carrier as well. We're one of the few that actually do a tremendous amount of filtering so that we can manage those frequencies very tightly. That filtering allows us to be able to monitor and manage those types of interferences. So do you guys have a 4G network now, or what does your legacy network look like now prior to the 5G network you're rolling out? It's actually a combination of 3 and 4G. So the original, um, the air-to-ground network is really more of a 3G build. Uh, however, with the advancements of technology, of the equipment that we put into the planes, uh, the L3, we're able to represent a uh, 4G type environment. So we're kind of like um, a carrier and the equipment manufacturer. So kind of like iPhone and AT&T combined. We're doing all the communications. We just create a Wi-Fi environment inside that plane. But we're that connectivity of not just the antenna on the plane, but the, uh, the technology that allows to be able to maximize it. So when we're rolling out 5G, we can clearly say it's true 5G because we're doing it from the beginning to the end. Everything from the, the connectivity of the backhaul to our servers, back to the switch, to the cell sites themselves, to the technology that's on the plane will be at a, a true 5G speed. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, to, to get your 5G network launched, you need, I think you said 150 sites and you're looking upwards of, you know, high 200 to 300 sites to cover the continental US. Just for our listeners' perspective, a typical cellular carrier on the terrestrial side has thousands of site in, sites in a major city. Correct. So it's quite a big difference. Um, help us understand what's the reasoning for that. I mean, as an engineer, I understand, but help our listeners understand why sure. you need so much fewer sites. Well, number number one is is the obstructions. So we're shooting horizon and up. So 
we'll actually locate our sites remote, uh, mountainous, flat plains away from people because we're covering the sky. And then the interruptions and the geographical curvatures aren't necessarily in the sky. They are on the land. So the cellular carriers are trying to penetrate volume of individual users through a very rough terrain and obstacles and buildings and everything. We're actually doing the opposite. We're shooting clear into the sky. We have less users, but our aircraft are having multiple users within that aircraft. Does that make sense? Yeah. So an average cell site for us, we can get anywhere from 200 to 250 mile radius of coverage and that interact and hand off to its neighbors. So it just takes less sites based on the topography of the sky versus topography of the land. Sure. And from a capacity standpoint, while I'm sure you've got quite a few customers, you don't have anywhere near the number of customers on the terrestrial network. So you don't need to have the additional sites for capacity that terrestrial networks need as well. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, one site, 250 mile radius around it covers a lot. I mean, you don't need that many to cover the whole continental U.S. Yeah, it is. We kind of call it a niche. So uh, we've all been in the industry a long time. We've all worked for different customers in the high volume. I guess you could say it kind of wears on you. What I like about Gogo is the uniqueness of it. What the challenges we have is, is that geographically service companies that help us deploy, maintain, operate, upgrade, they have to travel so far. And having one general contractor supporting us from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast is not economically. So we have to have a lot of different relationships and we geographically target so that the response time uh, allows us to be able to maintain and, and keep the network safe and healthy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so I know you guys have some competitors that that do the same thing um, or or similar. What help us understand what the what's what's different about how GoGo is going about business and or technology from maybe some of the, your competitors out there? I believe it's the um, our approach to the um, the patents, the frequencies, uh, our controlled spectrum, our uh, history in the industry. Um, we've been around a long time that the uh, aviation supply chain understands who we are, builds that credibility, that reliability. A uh, very innovative company when it comes to custom building uh, the antennas, the, the technology for it to work. So we're not a, a cellular company that's just buying a cellular, you know, the servers off the shelf that's going to work for us. We're very, very customizable towards what works best for our network. So there's a lot of what I call secret sauce that goes behind that scenes. And in my little bit of time, I get to dip into it a little bit. It's amazing the level of intensity and focus we put into testing and uh, not troubleshooting, but just testing uh, proof of concept before we go and roll out, before we engage and have a relationship with an OEM because of a long-term commitment. So we do a lot of uh, assembly of that technology and installation ourselves, but we rely on a lot of the OEMs to support us. But it's amazing. It'll take two, three years to be able to establish what we plan to do in the future. And and I think you said earlier that you're starting to really focus more on the private business aviation versus commercial aviation. Did I, did I understand that correctly? Yeah, correct. So uh, Gogo is a, a public traded company and it um, officially in December of 2020 uh, sold off its commercial division to a satellite company called Intelstat. Um, publicly now, public knowledge, well-documented, a good relationship. 
Um, they are continuing to use our air to ground. We're continuing to have a partnership with them. Um, but our primary focus is now 100% business aviation. So it went from originally back in the early, you know, the uh, 1991 to 1997, we were air cell all the way up until probably, if I remember correctly, 2011, 2012, when air cell rebranded its name as GoGo. And now we're GoGo business aviation because we're primarily focused on business aviation. I like to kind of use the analogy is if we were a car salesman, we're not selling Chevys. We're now, uh, you know, we're selling to Mercedes. We're higher end business aviation. It wants to go where it wants to go. And that's the exciting part about getting our network to be able to meet their needs and not necessarily a, just a well-defined uh, commercial route. So we are GoGo business aviation and uh, we're the ones launching the 5G. And what's real exciting is um, this is the first time that GoGo has actually wanted to market and showcase us building that network. And we've been doing video streams on some of the actual 5G installations. So of the 150 sites that we're building, we've got a number of them built. We've actually filmed at quite a few of them so that we could uh, display those at some of the aviation trade shows. We're an aviation company. And then what was really exciting is in just last week, we were at one of the aviation trade shows and we did a live stream and in a live stream interview on a job site when we're actually building the site and raising the antennas on the tower. And it was a site in Louisiana that all high elevated platforms, uh, freighters going out the Mississippi, right out to the Gulf. It was actually visually very pleasing. So we had a blast and all kinds of awards and congratulations that we made that uh, that aviation trade show a, a hit because of our live stream and the continuous feed videos of us building the network. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, definitely. It, it seems, um, and so just to make sure I understand and, and clarification. So just like I was flying a commercial airline, and so you're still going down that path with some carriers, but also when you mean private uh, business travel, you mean like there's been an uptick in folks using private jets also on those types of private jets and that type of travel also. Huh? Yeah, very much so. Business aviation. So the, yeah. we still have the partnerships and the relationships with commercial aviation to provide that service. But uh, we're initially rolling out the 5G specifically for business aviation for it to be able to maximize the market share of business aviation. Yeah, pretty, ama- pretty amazing technology. Yeah. And and you said, you said, and one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I think you touched on it earlier, was that the pandemic definitely sounds like it's influenced your your technology deployment plans, your your uh, your business model, even to push you maybe more towards that business side. Is that did I understand you to say that correctly? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great perspective. It uh, we were definitely affected by it. All flying um, travel was uh, affected by it, but it quickly came back, and now it's at a level that it was pre and exceeding uh, before uh, the pandemic. So it just identified and, and supported our business focus to be able to uh, really gear towards the business aviation um, because of the all the indicators, um, you know, use planes, resales are an all-time high. The demand for the equipment is an all-time high. Flight schools are an all-time high. People want to be able to go and be and go, go where they want to go. And the business aviation industry is just booming. So um, that's where the company... Now, I'm not part of the teams that made that decision. I'm just getting a chance to help enhance that network with the 5G 
so that we can continue to support and be the leaders in the industry. Got it. Um, we had a couple of uh, episodes over the last six months. Wayne and I have talked a lot about what's been going on with the uh, the news. If you if if listeners haven't listened or heard um, the news about five G spectrum that Verizon, AT and T are rolling out on C band, and the issues that have come up around interference concern with um, aviation altimeters that the commercial airlines and some military air, uh, aircraft use. And as a result, as it's still being worked on today, as of this uh, recording, it's still not been completely resolved. But as it stands right now, there's some exclusion zones around airports where the where the carriers that are using C-band have to limit their power and or their deployment of 5G. Has that impacted you guys in any way? And um, I think the I think I know the answer, but 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 I but I thought I'd ask if that's impacted you guys in any way. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very good point. The general public misunderstanding us, um, yes, it's impacted it from a little bit of a confusion, but um, we're rolling our 5G at, with a, a 2.4 unlicensed frequency, uh, which is totally away from the C-band and the interference that they're talking about. So what we're rolling out won't affect it at all. We're actually building, building more and more since it is 2.0 unlicensed frequency. We're building more and more remote away from people. So we monitor noise floors, some of our legacy sites. If in fact, they're too much of a, in a noise floor environment, then we'll actually build a new 5G site standalone. So of our network of 256 sites, we're building 150, about 80% of them on, are on our, what we call legacy sites or an overlay. We're adding a center line. We're utilizing our equipment in our own shelters. Um, but on those other ones, we're doing standalone. So we're be really getting away from people. Um, mm -hmm. So ironically, no, because of the frequencies, what we're going to be launching in, and then also because we're getting away and farther and farther away from people. So it's kind of funny as all the carriers are building more and more towards the population, and we're building farther away. <laughs> well, and, and like you said, you guys, the air to ground network doesn't kick in until 3,000 feet elevation and above, Correct. which are going to be plenty away from the airport by that point. Correct. So you really don't need service near the airports. Correct. Huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So just as a, from a construction standpoint, since I built a lot of towers and Dan, you're pointing the antennas up. Is that how it, is that how it's done? Yeah, it, it, that's actually probably one of the funnier uh, topics that we co go over with our GCs. Is no, we don't have down tilt; we have up tilt, um, and we'll start. We'll literally start at zero when we say it's so important because our site's covering so far that you. When we say you got to be at ninety plum, it's got to be at ninety or plum because two degrees off over that distance makes a huge difference. So when we launch, uh, we go between uh, zero and seven, sometimes maybe up to 10 or 12 degree up tilt, but it really depends on where the neighboring sites are and the train is at. Again, we're going for clear horizon. What's also ironic is we're actually going lower center lines with our 5G. We call them lunch friendly to our tower, uh, the GCs, <laughs> so that they can come down for lunch. So the center lines are specifically lower because we're trying to uh, accomplish so much of the horizon. Um, with the 5G. We're initially launching 150. We have other phases to, of course, fill those in, and then we'll optimize and, and make changes and, and start to do adjustments. But yeah, from zero to seven degrees up tilt. That's a mechanical. Then we have electronic up tilt as well. Hmm. And then your backhaul, uh, because you're going something you said, you keyed on that we're a remote and we're out. 
you're using just various different means to get that backhaul back to the other site or back to the network microwave and diff- is that is that correct to say because that you may not have fiber in these remote environments yeah so. yeah fiber is always our first choice uh for the for the speed yeah. but then again it's microwave uh that's our second choice and we um are rolling out a number of microwave hops specifically for the backhaul because that fiber isn't there yet but it's actually quite pleasantly surprising that fiber is actually getting to more rural locations than you think so when we initially know our legacy is there and we evaluate every, you know, obviously year and we do upgrades. We keep well uh, in tune of what our backhaul options are. And then can we upgrade because of uh, speed and capacity? So, But yeah, Perfect. fiber and microwave is our two best choices. Pretty amazing technology it is. And uh, this definitely a niche where it's, you know, it, it's catered to this. Everything's designed around it. And it's a great user experience. I will, you know. I'll give you the props on that. <laughs> I, I, I love been using it for years because it's been in the Delta and Delta is kind of my airline, but, and I travel a lot and it's super important to be able to stay connected during those hours. I do remember the days when we used to get on a plane and like not being connected. We just didn't enjoy it once we landed. So now I guess we'd rather, it's like vacation. You'd rather stay connected all the time because getting caught back up is pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned that you guys had some uh, some recordings of, and some live streams of some of your construction. You guys make that available to the general public. We do. Uh, it's just geared more towards the aviation industry. So we had yeah, the live stream going, and the GCs that have supported us at those sites, we provide them uh, video clips so that they can reshare those. What's What's funny is is a lot of people in the wireless industry don't necessarily know what GoGo is unless you're active in building some of their sites right. and you never have thousands of sites. You usually only have, you know, two, three, maybe 10, maybe 15 geographically, depending on where your offices are. So yeah. we really, we really tailor towards relationships being very geographically focused. Well, for our listeners that uh, maybe have never seen what a construction of a cell site looks like, uh, tell us, tell us where listeners can find you guys and how they can maybe check out some of that cool video or, or learn more things about GoGo. Business.gogoair.com. Again, it's business.gogoair.com. And we actually have a, a 5G section in there that actually tracks our advancements. Everything from what the 5G antenna looks like to our initial test bed sites to our ability to uh, showcase some of the construction activities. So it's a great source. And we're actually all trying to, you know, whenever we can become part of that so that we get that notoriety, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, we'll definitely put a link to to your website in the show notes. So uh, check out the show notes afterwards. Any other any other ways people can connect connect with Fred or or uh, or GoGo or or stay in touch with what's going on in the business aviation world? Uh, we'll drop that in the show notes for you as well. Uh, we really appreciate you spending uh, part of your busy time with us, Fred, and, and kind of filling our listeners in on the the world of uh, business aviation cellular. There you go. Uh, I t- truly enjoy listening to you guys as well. So thanks for asking me. Yeah, it's good to understand, you know, how different technologies are built. And you did a great job of explaining GoGo's and how we get Wi-Fi in the airplane. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks again for everyone for listening and tuning in. Um, as always, go to 5Gguys.com to uh, connect with us, check out our blog post. Um, we've had a lot of people requesting ability to check out a resource for all the acronyms that you hear all the time in in technology. So uh, we have a specific blog post on our website that you can check out. We'll put a link that 
to that in our uh, our show notes as well, where you can go get a list of commonly used acronyms and stay up to speed on that front as well. So thanks again. And until next time, thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the 5G Guys. For more resources and to connect with Dan and Wayne, check out their website at 5gguys.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. 